Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Shoes Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, gang's all here. Sylvia Lovely. Chef's going to talk to us about French wines in a minute. Norma's going to yes. tell us all about farmer's markets. And, and French... French wine Ooh, dinner, yeah. Dinners. French wine so dinner. We're going to eat with our with wine. We're going to talk breakfast today. we got Jimbo from uh, Jimbo McKinley, the owner of the Tack House Pub. I love him. He's such an authentic, oh, you know, local It's such a great owner. restaurant. Yeah, a local owner. I mean, quintessential. He's uh, entertaining. He's He makes, uh, he's wonderful. He kind of floats make, around the restaurant. They make great it. food. It's, it's an Elkhorn, by the way, if and you don't know the Tack House Pub. too. I've been stuffing myself. I'm miserable. <laughs> well, Fantastic. What, where do you want to let's start with? We're going to talk breakfast in a little bit, and I know we're going to talk about uh, menu changes, but let's talk about your French wine dinner. Yeah, so guys, uh, we have another dinner coming up on May 31st. This is a chef series, and we chose to do uh, French, um, mostly because we kind of been reading stuff about this, the reemergence of the French bistro, you know, really? and then, um, you know, and just the fine dining experience. Whereas my younger chefs were really, you know, haven't done a lot of the French classical Classic stuff. They stuff. went to school, but, you know, in culinary school and, and French classical, what happened is there's so much to learn in that course. You're given one item, and then the sh- other chef is given another, right? So if you didn't get to actually do the rack of lamb or the duck à l'orange, you kind of observed it. You never got your hands on it, though. Who's so, the mother of French cooking? Is that? Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to go back to a scoffier then. Yeah, I think that's going to be, you know. Well, what about the woman? Uh, oh, shoot. She's a famous. Julia Child? Child? Yeah, is that a French? Well, she was American. That she but. she really um, epitomized French cooking in America. She brought okay. brought yeah. the, the pleasures of French cuisine to the mainstream. She brought American it to people's public. homes. Yeah. Uh, and okay. she was a fantastic chef, but I think that she made it relatable, yeah, to the American population. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you're you doing a French dinner, and you're going to pair French dinner, uh, French wines with yes. French courses. Are you going, like, classical or, like, neoclassical, or your take on classical? Americanized? Um, what are you doing? So I'm going very much classical. And the, the reason being is we're doing an, an intense study on several different techniques in this menu. This, mm-hmm. this menu is more about training my chefs. I know the results are going to be delicious. There's no problem with that. But this menu is not about showing off. It's about being precise. Mm-hmm. and about um, following a recipe and following a technique. Um, so, for instance, you know, we're doing esco, es- escargot, and, but, you know, but nobody really around here knows how to break apart or, or clean up a fresh snail and stuff it right you know the, the snails that you probably had in a restaurant anywhere in this region probably came out of a can you didn't know yeah. that so we're going to bring in fresh ones and and work with that we're going to be breaking our own croissants we're going to be doing sauce americaine which is a very intense classic french sauce where um you have to start with you know basically lobster roe and make a lobster stock and then boil that down with fresh tomato juice and white wine and is brandy and cognac and butter is this all in the first course escargot uh no uh, the escargot go i'm just doing the the snails and then we're going to uh-huh. stuff the shell with an intense garlic and pernod butter um Do you with know, breadcrumbs on. i was in a job interview early on in my legal career and i got tricked into eating escargot <laughs> and it was good right because i said i didn't i would not eat that and they tricked me i forget what they told me it was but i ate it did you like it well, I didn't eat any more of it, but I didn't gag or anything like that. I mean, so it was just a tr- I got tripped. What, what well, I, I think Jeremy tricks me but, sometimes. But I think you should try. You know, it's a good thing to try. And that's I've had a few of my regulars um, approach me and like, hey, Jeremy, about the, the French dinner. I've never done escargot. And I'm like, yeah. great. I want to do it right for you the first time. So See, that's a good okay. point because 
Uh, most recipes, most food is interpretation. So this is my version of fried rice. This is my version. Of, but with these French recipes, there are specific recipes and there is a right and a wrong way to make them, right? I mean, they're right down to how much salt you use. These are time-honored act. These aren't is methods. Is that what makes these it are recipes. A, a classic kind of French because it is very precise? Uh, I think that... Can you do um, these at home? I mean, you said Julia Child's kind of brought... When when I think whenever you have a, a menu where you're naming, you know, flétan américain, you know, steak au poivre, you know, actual dishes, escogars à la bourguignon, like when when you're the, naming a French classical dish, I, I do think there is a recipe and a method you have to follow. Okay. Um, you know, if I want to do a, a French halibut and not kind of do, you know, the Americana, I could I could make a French dish, but yeah, I'm, we're going to be very true to some of the I, from some of the classics, you know, has been put menu. out, but like you know, Alain. Alan Passard or Paul Bucou or Guy Savoy, some of those chefs are who are really uh-huh. modeling after. But you also have halibut on this menu, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And I, what I was saying is we're going to do the halibut in the classical French preparation uh, with the, the, the sauce Americaine or sauce Americaine. Oh, okay. And so. then you have another item. Then we're going to be doing steak au poivre, which we're going to do in a pan-seared New York strip steak. And then in the pan, we're going to be basically deglazing with cognac. Uh, to flame it up with green peppercorns and uh, veal demi-gloss and then a little bit of cream at the end that will boil that down and sauce the steak after we slice it with palms dauphine, which is a nice little potato preparation. And then last um, is profiteroles, which I think a lot of people know. It's a, it's a huge... Like an eclair. Yeah, you make shoe paste. It's a yeah. classic French technique. And, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a dough you make in a pot. How do I how do I, how do I describe that? You know, you boil butter and water together with salt, and you add flour, and then one you make a batter time, one right? egg at a time, and then yeah. you can you can bake off profiteroles or these big puffs that we're going to stuff with a vanilla ice cream with dark chocolate sauce and toasted almonds. Let me ask you a question: What is the signature sauce with French cooking? Is there a signature thing that well, yeah, you've got to know if you're going to be a French? Yeah, you want to start with Chef. your mother sauces, and there's six. The, I, th- I would probably expand that to in the modern kitchen now to include gastrique sauces because that I believe that's probably a whole other um, category, a whole other mother sauce category. But bechamel, espagnol, uh, tomato, hollandaise, velouté, and demi-gloss are kind of the world we live in on sauces. And all the other sauces are just kind of little versions of those, little offshoots. Um, so like Mornay that you get on your hot brown is a version of a bechamel. Correct. And yeah, so they're all some ver- and gravy is very similar to, you know, right. so, right. gravy, like, right. and, and yeah. I would, I would probably name back to Sylvia's question, Burblanc and or bechamel or hollandaise, the top, top French ones. sauces. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, they, and they're all so rich. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And if you want to get tickets, or not tickets, but make, you know, reservations, because you need reservations for the French wine dinner. Yeah, sorry about that. It's yeah, May 31st, 6.30 okay. p.m. You're going to get all four courses, the the escargots, mm-hmm. the, the the halibut, the steak au poivre, profiterole, then you're going to get the French wines. Now, these wines, I did not pick. I, I wrote the menu. I know it's going to taste. We're dealing with level three sommelier Tony Major, so he's going to expertly pair these, and he knows the flavors of these dishes, too. So I expect it to be a pretty awesome pairing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, 80 bucks a person, but that includes 
four wines all and four courses. Yeah, all all of that. So and, and sounds get your, delicious. Yeah, get your tickets. Yeah, that's it as well. Now, speaking of you know French bistro cuisine, one of the questions you had off the air, I think we were talking about this, is you were you were we were talking about the difference between a bistro, bistro a, a pub, pub, and a diner. In a diner. You know, okay. and we were talking about diners and to kind of walk in and you know you're in a really cool place, a yeah. diner. And what makes a diner, you know, uh, a bistro is a – pubs are kind of known to be just kind of drinking spots, right, mm-hmm. with a little food on the side. But bistros – what is a bistro as opposed to, say, fine dining? Bistros are so the, the memorable de- – it's meal-centric is what the definition says. Definitely, like more on uh, – specifically, mm-hmm. a bistro would offer French food. That's right. It's French style cuisine, you know, and um, a, a diner is going to offer American style cuisine. Hamburger. I, I uh, think more, a diner. more booths and waitresses, you know, or you know, than, flow. Yeah, yeah. Then um, you know your your I guess your mater d and uh, the full thing, and then you've got what was the other one? A pub, and that's yeah. going to be centered around, you know. The beer. alcohol. Beer. Is, think of beer yeah, the alcohol is first. The food is second. For other drinks. Yeah, beer and drinks. I think yeah. a diner. In my mind, a diner has to be a place where you can get breakfast and I can get lunch at the same time. That was you, classic. Yeah. You have to be able to do that. I have to be able to order a, a club sandwich and you order an omelet and no one bats an eye. See, I think that too. I think short order. Yeah. I right. Think, right. I think one yeah. dude and a grill and your ticket comes in. He makes that and it's done. Yeah. Like it. You know it. It's not like we're coordinating table four mm-hmm. and table six together mm-hmm. and the appetizers or entrees. Yeah. It's done when it's done and it comes out when it, you know, it's just a, a quick cooking, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah I, I, there's a comfort in that to me. I, I like, like the comfort of the diner and the short order and the bell ringing and things yeah. coming up, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 it's a feel. It's but, a feel you know, the, the bistro, I, it, there's a lot of non-French bistros in America. I think this is kind of a dirty term, but I think, right. you know, think there will be an elegance behind a bistro. Yeah. Versus a diner could be, you know, pretty much come in and... Would a bistro be a fast, casual version of fine French food? Azura is a bistro. Okay. That's okay. what it is. Okay. You know, we are, we're a little bit, we're elegant and we're serving fine food. Uh, we're but not you don't a diner, have to wear a three-piece right? suit. You don't have not, to. Yeah, and we're not a pub. Tuxedo. You know, it's not like, right. you know, like... Yeah. You know, it's just It's not probably got, the closest definition. Like, what is this where I'm like, well, it's a restaurant. Like, do you have steaks? Yes. Do you have burgers at lunch? Yes. You know, yeah. so it, it's yeah. that's the best version. It's a it's kind of elegant you beast. you got like mm-hmm. kind of a general stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So now there is a news item out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we need to get to pancakes and, <laughs> and farmer's markets. Um QR codes. QR codes. What do you think is happening? I am so glad they are going away. The QR code, yeah. And that happened during the pandemic when people didn't want to have, everything had to be single use. And I think they thought this was going to be a time saver, that, you know, you wouldn't have to print menus and stuff. But the world said, no, we want the menus. Because I noticed that at at Grimaldi's. Because we're on our phones too much anyway. And And if you and I go out to lunch, I don't don't want to look at my phone. I want to look at you, Sylvia. Okay. I want to look deep into your eyes while we're talking. Even though I'm old and I don't want to use a QR code because I don't freaking know how. Listen, I had <laughs> I had to figure it out. I have the like, same how problem. Do you do this? It is not. It's not conducive <laughs> to fun eating for me. And also, I'll be honest. After I touch my phone, I want to wash my hands. Well, that's true too. And they huh. say you should. Right. <laughs> I just don't think it gives you the complete picture. I don't know. There's something about a menu where I almost have to see. To I have to it. see everything because I can't even tell you one thing sounds good without yeah. comparing it against yeah. another. Yeah. 
No, you're right. And I need to see them in the same field and of view. And that's what the Grimaldi's, I love the Grimaldi's menu because it shows the pizzas. Sure. But also there's like expectations behind dining in some senses. I hate these kiosks you walk up to. I hate quick service restaurants. I, I'm, I'll tip the person at the counter, but I hate the whole experience. Yeah. There's nothing good about it. That's I agree. So, yeah, I mean, uh, menus and sitting down and being presented with a menu and being formally it served and having somebody open a bottle of wine, there's nostalgia behind it. There's there's service. There's, service. there's um, care. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, forget yeah. the QR codes. So, it, anyway, they are getting forgotten. Good. So it's, a, it's a feel. So, we were talking about this, and we got, we got, uh, we're going to talk to Norman about farmer's markets in right. a moment, but I had a quick question. We were talking off the air about menus and, you know, um, how prices are moving and things. One week, this is up. This is a... How often do, if you own a restaurant, do you have to re- look at your menu and go, I got to adjust prices or, so do you have to reprint it's menus? It's crazy or, right now, isn't it? Is that, is that a weekly thing, a monthly thing, a six month thing? Well, you can't, you, you simply can't change menus and prices as much as prices and menus need to be changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the, the past three years we have um, been doing it. Um, so right now, I think that if you're a restaurant operator and you're not running at least a weekly prime cross, if not daily or every three days then you're probably making a mistake and that's going to be a snapshot on your operations it's not very complicated okay it's labor versus sale it's food purchases yeah. versus sales and, and it just gives you a little snapshot of yeah. your 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 weekly overhead food if you're in a restaurant that's going to be 75 percent of your overall revenue okay so you're going to notice food costs being off a point before you notice a few beers walking out the back door yeah um so i don't know i if you're not getting monthly financials then i think you're behind but you give yourself a weekly snapshot because things right now are changing so much and they're not telling you about it what's up and what's down right now well eggs are way down chickens way down which was the biggest thing right Mm -hmm. uh oil and butters and stuff like that still seem to be a problem and that's kind of an underlying uh driving cost for a lot of restaurants um everything that you see in that restaurant is sauteed or grilled or fried in some senses so the lubrication the oil has to be there and it's whereas you never really thought about that expense you you know you you do a ladle on the flat top and you know you're searing something or a burger (laughs) now every time i do that i'm like 50 cents a dollar (laughs) dollar 50 you know and that's wow you know, yeah. but fifty cents cost us means it's a dollar fifty to the customer, right? Because yeah. you have to, right? Yeah. The, the, the the kind of the two thirds rule, or right? The, you right. Know. And there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, like the yeah the ratios. If they're not in line, there's so nothing. So you do left other over. things to kind of, you know, like you try to find ways to use one thing more than you betcha once and, and you betcha. all of that kind of stuff, so that you. Because you can't change it every time. You can't. It, and it um, availability became the biggest thing. So, yeah, I think um, the strategy was to just base Sauce your core menu around very widely available cheap ingredients. Or sauces on various pieces and parts that work. Yeah. Yeah. You double yeah. do cross your utilize yeah. every. Yeah. Yeah. I think my rule on our menus, and if you look at the Azura menu, you'll see it. You know, we hide it in certain ways, but... Um, we, we build our appetizers or our entrees section first, you know, we'll do one or the other. And then the challenge is everything that we've created, those sauces, those ingredients have to go in this menu three more times where it doesn't yeah. make it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And yeah. sometimes you'll get down to like the last thing and the last item and you just can't find that little last piece of the puzzle and you're out of 
cooler room and you're out of storage uh-huh. room and you're out of i don't know it's very complicated guys it yeah. sounds easy but it's not one of the hidden things you know we'll talk to jimbo about this because he was never in the restaurant business before and one of those things before if you've never been in the restaurant business and you all yeah. of a sudden buy a diner yeah you don't know these things yeah yeah norma's going to talk to us about the yummy time of the year which is former farmers market that's farmers right farmers markets not farmers markets but farmers farmers markets, markets are <laughs> starting to get back in full full force now right oh they are they're um they're all all open uh there's so much good stuff out there what's out there we're right seeing now? lettuces we're seeing fabulous asparagus strawberries these are all early oh all early things because yes. they're not summer what about spring? strawberries this year unbelievable really? and they're and, big and juicy and wonderful they're yes. just wonderful and i have a great hack for you so get your strawberries they don't last long right one part one part vinegar three parts water rinse them off good don't cap them give them a bath in that vinegar and put them on a paper towel dry them off and put them in the in the refrigerator last a week that's not bad I just tried yeah. it so the vinegar i've never done mm-hmm. but uh certainly the storage method like the little clam shells they give you in the store is not really the best no, way not. to preserve your strawberry Mm-mm. and always look at the bottom when you buy those oh, always look yeah. at the bottom make sure you don't have a moldy Can you one do that with other fruits it's I, uh, worth a try. I mean, it works that's one of the problems the if you're a two-person family mm-hmm. is you buy, you can't buy little amounts of stuff. Right. You buy big amounts of stuff, and just keeping stuff fresh mm-hmm. is a challenge. So there is, I was reading this article this week, there's actually some new research, and they were able, specifically with strawberries, but most fruit, they're able to extend the shelf life two, three times longer by giving it a bath in C, that uh, that involves a CBD rinse. Really? So using oh, using oh. CBD Ooh, extracts okay. because for the, evidently the same effect it has on humans, <laughs> yeah, it has yeah. on on fruit, and they're able to get three weeks out of strawberries what? In, so, in testing. Yeah, that makes three me weeks. think it might be related to say um, huh. hops. You know, like yeah. the herbaceousness of hops, and you're yeah. talking about awesome. hemp and herbs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Maybe there's something yeah, maybe too because so. yeah. all hops was done. They added that to yeah. beer to preserve it, right? Uh, yeah. So what comes sure. next? Okay. In so, farmers markets. So then we're gonna start to see in where June, uh, early June, in ju- getting into June-ish. June. Well, and you'll start to see more and more your tomatoes, which are they're already because of our hoop house technology, which allows them to start growing. But earlier. there's nothing better than an yeah. old July tomato, but the right? The old July tomato <laughs> that's baked baked in the sun, you know, <laughs> is that I know. a little I time think in the sun? A, there is a difference. Is wonderful, but there's in lexington now there's farmers market almost every day um big shout out to the kentucky department of agriculture if you want a list of lexington and surrounding areas farmers markets just go on kentuckyag.com and it's all on there and um you know there's go out and there's not just vegetables you got meats cheese plants your favorite Every is the Chevy time. Chase, right? Well, that's because it's three blocks from my house. There, <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. go. Farmer's Market is also sweet. a great place to yes. buy your summer plants if you're going to be doing yes. gardening this hey, summer. I bought plant. all my plants at the Farmer's Market this year. good this year? I know. Maybe I'm, I've had five of them because my son was a real aficionado. Watermelons. Oh, yeah. They are yes, good this year. they're great this year. Kroger's watermelons mm-hmm. are like the bomb. Yeah. They're great this Crispy. I don't know. You know, like one could describe what they love in a watermelon. It's my favorite time. It's my favorite fruit. and f- good sugary, yeah. but crunchy is Must real important. Mm. Not mealy. I'm with Not you. Not mealy. I'm with you. Yeah, and and does anybody here eat salt on their watermelon? Yes. Yes. Oh, that sounds gross. It's, my it's father amazing. did. 
My he father did so too. Uh, it's watermelon. Uh, I don't know, if Chef. I don't know how you feel about this. I like hot sauce. Tabasco on sauce on my, on my watermelon. I never tried Not that. all the time. You are weird. It's delicious. It. Oh, it is so good. We <laughs> at home, um, we basically uh, slice it and then I hit it with um, lime zest, cayenne pepper, a pinch of salt, cayenne. and usually feta or a queso fresco. I was gonna say yeah. feta and uh, to me feta, feta lime and mint. No. Yeah, we, and we so uh, the dressing I use is yeah. basil and mint. Yeah, uh, and typically a little Just little splash of some kind of ball, white balsamic and, and a little sugar. It really, yeah, seems yeah. to Y'all are help macerate with me, it. Because watermelon oh. just right there, just or get a get a half one and just get a spoon. See, I'm with you because watermelon's one of the things when it's good, it's so good you don't want to waste time getting other things. Well, you got to plan do, your watermelon eating so that you don't have to go to the bathroom 18 million times. That's, yeah. I think that. Have a little hole in it and pour vodka in. That's fine. No. <laughs> well, I think there's something to do with it. The, sa- weird. the people that like salt on the watermelon are the, are the same people that love salt on the margarita. Yeah. 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 Y'all are weird. Okay. All right. We saying. are. On that note, when we come back, we're going to talk <laughs> breakfast and all things Tack House Pub with Jimbo McKinley. So don't go anywhere. This yeah. is Food News and Choose Radio, Thank sponsored you. by Sullivan University, Thank online you. at sullivan.edu. Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Shoes Radio. If you've been to the Elkhorn Shopping Center just off of Harrisburg Road, you've probably seen the Tack House Pub. If you haven't eaten there, you should. It's amazing, and the owner Jimbo McKinley is with mm-hmm. us. You, you're yeah. a, a, you're a fan of it, right? I've Sylvia? always been a regular well, there, you. but not so much. I think because we've just been really, really busy. But we came back that one morning. Right. I came in with a good friend of ours, right. a mutual friend. And he said, oh, Jimbo, come over here. So it was like, oh, wow, because I love this place. I'm sitting here eating their chicken salad and their grits, which are to die for, and this burrito. Uh, It's my usual thing. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to become regulars again. So we love it. We love it. uh, And we'll talk about how you got into the restaurant business because it was sort of an accident of how the whole thing started. But first, the food. It, the, the soup, everything. We've been eating. It's, we've it's been amazing. munching. Yeah, yeah, what'd you bring? Talk, talk. Well, we've already yeah. eaten some of the guys. Sorry. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, and you want to tell us what you brought? <laughs> I, I brought our, our most popular sandwich, which is called the Easy Goer. It's our chicken salad sandwich with lettuce and tomato. Uh, we sell this by the half pound, by the pound. And really? It, it, uh, we oh, really, so you do bulk stuff. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sell our soups by the pound or by the quart. Sorry. Um, grits, same way. Um, but yeah, that's uh, and then our most popular salad is the Tabasco cat. It's got uh, the chicken, uh, the corn salsa. Um, it's got a Southwest yeah. uh, ranch dressing on it. Uh, it's one of our most and then our our most most popular breakfast item is the breakfast burrito the and bomb. the grits, the cheese grits. Yeah. I find that I I kind of. I, f- f- the taste for me when I wake up on the weekends, I want brunch or breakfast. Somehow the Latin flavors yeah. are really satisfying to me in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. They're they're, they're flavorful, but and but they're hearty. They're filling. They're, they're, there's something about Latin flavors that, that just work in the morning. Red so sauce. I always look for a breakfast burrito. Yeah. Like a red chili sauce lends itself to oh, eggs. It yeah. just goes yeah. Maybe so it wakes you well up. Together. Maybe it wakes you up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, How that's much of I this for. came over on the menu that was there before? Because you've only owned this, what, for two years? For two years, the only thing, everything with Tack House has pretty much stayed the same. The only thing that I've kind of added was the biscuits and gravy, or my gravy recipe. Nice. And I did make for a short time, and I haven't done it in a while, but I make my own pimento cheese. 
So I would Ooh. make pimento cheese, and we were selling that and using that as a sandwich item. Well, what's in this? Um, it's really good. Are there? Uh, uh, the chicken salad really good, has yeah. the um, it's, grapes. Uh, I see grapes. grapes. Uh, the chicken, um, of course, the spices and um, a nut of some nut, kind. Um, a walnuts, I believe. Oh. Chicken salad is one of those things. Like, there's a thousand chicken salads. Everyone yeah. makes a chicken salad. And everyone's salad. a little different. But when you find the one you like, yeah. that's the only one you want to mm-hmm. eat. And you know what I mean? It's 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 like falling in love. When you find a uh, chicken salad you're into, that's yours. I feel the same way about yeah. pimento cheese. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, when I make my own. And I would make it at home and kind of put it on Facebook that I'm right. making it. And it was uncanny. People were like... Coming to my house to get some. I wasn't oh. selling it. I was just giving, giving it, it to away. your friends. Because I would make it. You know, I make it with different items. Uh, bacon. I put bacon in mine. Jalapenos. Because um, it doesn't. It doesn't make it hot. It just gives it more of a smoky flavor no. to it. Yeah, that's but, a fun thing to play with, and you can still be true mm-hmm. to its roots. I've, right. I've, you know, been to those food festivals, Sylvia, in the South, like Charleston yeah. Food and Wine, where they think they're the, the you know. The cat's meow. They, 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 um, they know the, what, what minnow oh, cheese yeah. really is. And right. the way I've seen, I've seen so many recipes I like. Some with different cheeses, some with different. But as long as you keep it basic, I think it's. No. No. Well, it's know. basically cheese mayonnaise. And yeah. You know, I, but there's some kind pi- of something with the mix. I had a pineapple pimento cheese once, and it was one of the worst things I've ever done. You can get creative <laughs> with your pimento cheese. I, but I, maybe you shouldn't. You know, I, for a while I was putting uh, cashews in them. Yeah. But then cool. you had so many people with nut oh, allergies. Yeah. Yeah. When you're giving that away, you're like, uh, you got to, that but, does have nuts in it. You know, you but you know, cashews do add something to yeah, things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it got gives, a sweetness. It gives it a flavor. It, it, a sweetness. I like that with rice right but now you have been only in the business you're you work at KU uh, right you have a day job I call that my day job your day job but uh do you need a therapist to help Uh, you get through this some people (laughs) would say yes my wife probably would say yes well this uh, started as a joke right tell tell us how you how you bought the uh, the the tech house pub not well yes that kind of but way it kind of have I mean I grew up uh, I was telling you, my grandmother and great aunt would work at Begley's Drugstore, the oh, restaurant, man. Mm. and I fell in love with that atmosphere of knowing everybody that walks through the door, and they, you know, it's just kind of the norm effect with cheers, you know, yeah. you mm-hmm. walk through the door and everybody knows you, and so I kind of fell in love, kind of wanted to do something like that my whole life, but never really had the means or the money or, the, I mean, the means or the time, uh, so my wife and I, we... We were kind of discussing it after our kids grew up. We were like, hey, let's get, let's bring this idea back to the forefront. And kind of, so we would talk anywhere we would travel, we'd go in restaurants. restaurants. Oh, I think Uh I wouldn't do that in mine, but I would do that. That looks like a good idea. So we would, it's like a fantasy game. Right. It was. It was. Yeah. And then, uh, unfortunately, she passed away in 2020. And, uh, through therapy, I would eat at Tack House all the time because that was our favorite place. Yeah. And the owner, Erin, was sitting there one day, and she just came up to me, and she said, "Uh, Jimbo, you eat here all the time. You are just buy this place. So I jokingly back said, well, how, you know, is it for sale? (laughs) And she kind of caught her off guard, and she, well, could be. Yeah. So then I got got with a good friend of mine, Kathy Chase, and wanted to get her thoughts uh, because she's owned businesses before, and and currently owns her own business. And so I got with her one day. We were eating out there. And I said, hey, I'm going to run something by you. I'm thinking about buying this restaurant. And she looked at me and said, let's do it. 
not the reaction I was looking for, <laughs> but uh, talk me out of yeah, this. I was I was expecting uh, you don't want to do this or here's yeah. what you need. But to. it was a sign, Jimbo. It, it was. It kind of all came together, and so we got together and and, and the rest June is of twenty one we we became what, owners of the tack house what's different about what you would expect out of owning a restaurant uh the fantasy of owning the restaurant there's two sides to it there's the fantasy of owning it and then there's the business side of doing it and nobody really tells you the 100 percent of the business side you kind of got to learn it as you go and yeah. figure it out a little bit but there's a you know um, it was already an established restaurant, so I thought I'd just walk in, but no, I had to get all these inspections mm-hmm. done by everybody, and uh, it was just a learning curve that I had to come, <laughs> a big, got, big learning curve. You got into the restaurant business in a pretty crazy time, in 2021, right. where Yeah, were not that's exactly. probably where the therapist comes yeah. in. Not many people decide to buy a restaurant coming out of a pandemic or right in the middle of a pandemic. Probably not the wisest business decision, but yeah. hey. I'm know. glad you shot your shot at it, though. I mean, I think when it ultimately comes down to it, you just have to, because you're never going to never be know. able to pinpoint what's going to happen in a restaurant or if it's going to work or what's going to sell that day or how many people are going to come through the door in any given hour. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you just have to just throw it out there and see. Now, you have, in my opinion, when I think about our region and out-of-town guests – uh, you're at the top of the list for, I think, the feel of our region. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. the kind of Kentucky tack house, the the, the theme kind of thing. fits. Mm-hmm. It's it's where I tell people they need to kind of go to get a nice breakfast to start the day before they go to the brewer, or breweries or distilleries or out to Keeneland or, or the Keeneland, Horse Park. Right. It's a really sweet gem it's that personifies who we are in our in our city. Kind of and in it the doesn't country. it doesn't hurt yeah. to be in a hundred or uh, close to a hundred year old building. Uh, yeah, it, everything it was, about it. It was the farmhouse i think at one time on that property and uh but it's a quaint and the the aviance of the place and one thing i did learn in my 57 years of visiting restaurants and and living in lexington which um you know i've always said we have more restaurants per capita than (laughs) i think think any other place in america it's like there's always a restaurant opening up or, or whatever but I found out one thing that I kept seeing so when I find a place that I'd love and then the next thing you know they're closing that what or, yeah. you know yeah. if it ain't broke don't fix it I mean if it works I mean people try to change so many things yeah that's I right mean, you can change a few <coughs> things but when you try to overhaul yeah, and people do, were atta- attached you, to the concept right. I mean people love it for a it, reason it's and, a beautiful setting right in the middle of one of the highest growth areas in right. our city so tell us like you know, one of your issues might be, can people find it? And just awakening people to it. Yeah. No, I mean, you, when you say South Oakhorn Shopping Center, they're like, what? You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, you go down there. You go give, down here. To give a competitor, a competitor a plug, I, I use Ramsey's because they're oh, located sure. right at the front of them. And I just tell them, we're right behind Ramsey's. No, and, 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 and I think that's. And, and like, oh, I know where that place that's is. A, that's <laughs> a landmark anchor. You know, I th- you know Rob had the, the foresight years ago to hop into South Elkhorn knowing right. that the development was going to go out that way and it in Ramsey's is a, is a stable for us but I, I credit our side of town in general South Elkhorn Beaumont yeah. for staying non-corporate 
Uh, if you not notice, other pockets of the city have a lot more drive-throughs, a lot more corporate restaurants. Yeah, I hope we can and, maintain that. You know, over by Keeneland and some of our precious areas we want to show off in town. I hope we do maintain that, yeah. Sylvia. Yeah. You know, so we have places like Tack House Pub, Azure. You know, like right. you're independent. You know, I, I never noticed that, but you're you're exactly right. right. As you move more toward the Hamburg area, yeah. it gets it's much more, more chainy. Yeah, I, mean, I never noticed. There's that, no drive-throughs in Beaumont. You're exactly you know, right. There's a Chick-fil-A up by you guys, right. but they not down in your center. Recently. Yeah. yeah, but everything there is, you know, what you would call, you know, in a good way, mom and pop places. Right. And that's the way it should be. That's uh, that's a, yeah. Well, the, when we when we would travel, I would never look. I mean, why eat at a chain when you can right. do that at home? Yeah. So when you travel, you want to go to you the mom go and pop. Something that's different. Something I think that's, that's unique sparks to the area. The, sparks the conversation of why we do what we do and yeah. speaking to getting to know your friends and the the norm and the cheers aspect you know the 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 independent restaurants like over where we are we're, we're kind of tucked away in big neighborhoods we're not downtown yeah. you don't have right. to shower and shave to go downtown and make right. seven o'clock reservations so you end up getting this consortium of neighborhood people your mm-hmm. local bistro where everybody knows everybody and that's what makes it cool i love going well, to the, the casual pub. the casual part of it just come you know we got a big patio out front yes it's beautiful by the way mm-hmm. you've really enhanced it yeah well it's uh, beautiful it's it's just the and whole it's shaded it's it's again well it we have be... we have a tent over top of it yeah so that's it, right it, that was an innovation right. i didn't know but, about uh, at least uh on rainy days you can still sit out there and eat and, but it's uh people love it uh not ev- actually i had um, i met a couple uh it's been a couple weeks ago but they were in a airbnb on a farm over on uh, Leastown Road, and somehow the, our brochure was oh. on the table, yeah. and they just came to eat because they, they didn't know yeah. anything else, and they loved it. They were from Michigan. But they well, were, the name Tack House, and then that setting is very right. Oh, I don't. It's kind of on the edge of the horsey kind of. And it world. was an actual Tack House at one time. You and, could get your saddles and. And you were saying on your menu, you called that Tabasco Cat. I mean, these are all you know. Most horses, of the stuff you know, is named yes, after horses. Them. It has a horse theme. Yeah. Um, and let me say, as as someone who I like breakfast establishments, I know you guys are you guys are open till lunch till two o'clock, eight to two, right? eight to two. I like breakfast establishments, and one of the hardest things to find is to go to a good non-chain breakfast restaurant. Yeah. There's only a handful and, in town. And breakfast breakfast is growing as Absolutely. an eat-out kind of thing. My, it's my favorite meal. I agree. Yeah, it's my favorite meal to eat coffee. out because it's the meal I don't want to cook. Right. You know, I want to have the I want to have a I'll cook dinner, I got, but I don't want to wake up and make gravy. Right. No, <laughs> I mean, that's right. right. That's right. That's uh, true. Gravy. That's true. But we we've got like we've got the hot brown, so well, it's um, you know, and it's our it's it's our version. Everybody has you know, a it's version. Not that's the original, one of those. Yeah, that's one uh, of those. Brown Hotel hot brown, but you know, everybody that's has a version. Says. But again, the the burrito and of course everybody I, I didn't put biscuits and gravy on the menu all the time because it is a time-consuming type yeah. thing yeah. to make every day. So I would do it as specials, but then everybody's like, oh, when are you going to – because I didn't really have a – We were delighted to find out I didn't out have a set time that I yeah. would do the special. I would just do it, you know, and I'd promote it on Facebook or whatever. Right. So now another friend of mine, he kind of talked me into it. So now every weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, is biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. So you can come out on the weekends mm-hmm. and get biscuits and gravy anytime. We'll, so we'll let, let me ask uh, Chef a question <clears throat> before I ask Jimbo a question, okay? Because – is this a rude question to ask to someone who, who makes something like this? I want to <laughs> ask what's special about his biscuits and gravy because I know there's something is, and I know you got a secret, 
And you probably don't want to give it. It tastes but, good. But I, I can know tell there's you that. something you're holding close to the vest about the biscuits and gravy. And I was trying to figure it's out his what personal. it is. And I can't ask you what the secret is, but I will ask. It's got something. It's it, Well, you, you might trick him. It's, it's your recipe, right? Well, it, it is it is my recipe, and it's it's kind of evolved over time. Yeah. Uh, I love sausage. And I'll, I'll just tell you, the sausage makes the gravy. Really? If you can, the kind uh, of sausage you got to have the right brand every time. Right. You know, that's, I that's use the same, yeah. and I don't care. It's it's Jake's sausage, sure, I've and seen that. it yeah. is a wonderful sausage. It's made in Bardstown, uh, and he's right. I mean, we're talking gravy here, and is is gravy. you know as much as we worship around here, you know, it, it's not fancy, but you you do it right, you do it your way, and and you know whose gravy is the best, yours, the one that right. you yeah. like to make. So, and, and I think I agree with you. Consistency, is buy a good product, get right. a good sausage, because you're gonna find there's it. a big, huge variance. Uh, yeah. Sausage is not just sausage. Don't yeah, go and buy. Do yeah. not go and buy generic sausage thinking it's gonna come out yeah. anywhere near a name brand or a right. full flavor or oh, anything local. Right. Very, very true. Very because true. two things people kind of cheap out on when they're cooking at home is if you're making if you're making sausage gravy, you generally buy the cheapest sausage because you're like it's going in gravy, and then you buy cheap cook wine to cook with. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, we're all yeah. we all do because that. you spent all the money on the the center of the plate items. So the, the things like oil and butter and bacon, mm-hmm. you know, those are the things yeah. you try to save the money on and that's really what makes the big difference yeah. Yeah. that's me, a good point it's a very, very true. good point very true. When, are you um, looking at expanding your hours at any point or um, are you just going to kind of crawl before you walk kind of thing well we we've talked about it but not not six anything hours concrete, of service is hard it is it is and and you know this this time in our world uh, mm-hmm staffing is a big issue yeah. and and if you extend hours or do something out, you got, need more staff and you need to double it yes <laughs> there's no there's nobody that can work doubles every day that's right okay. that's right and again i go back to if it ain't broke don't yeah don't and fix it's a, it you know you've got eight, a good we have our niche we're eight to two mm-hmm. uh during the week we switch at brec- uh, breakfast in the morning switch at lunch at 11 on the weekends, it's all day breakfast because it's just mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. when you got so many people coming. Yeah. Uh, and you and know the we, size of your kitchen. It's not like you can stage the next menu exactly um, over here exactly. while you're putting out breakfast. And, and our, stuff, yeah. I mean, this this studio is about the size of my kitchen, so <laughs> it's uh, it's very small. But it's it's been my chef and his wife. He's Manuel been there and Veronica, for a long time. They've they? been there for. As uh, long as I can remember, and they do a fabulous job. But well, they do, and you know, again, if it Why? ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and that's what people, people. What I loved about him when I went there and ate is with his eggs, consistency. If you mm-hmm. like it over medium, over easy, scrambled, they come out the same every time. Can I ask you a question? Does he make um, on occasion, or did in the past, make a whole wheat pancake? I don't know. I th- all right. Well, I'm just going to find out because it was it was before you owned it, but I was there and I had some of the oh. best pancakes I have in my life. Really? Yeah, I don't see that often, right? So I don't know what was going on there that day, but it was a whole wheat pancake. Fluffy? What makes a question? What does make it? That's a very Yeah, let's talk about That's Let's analyze pancakes. We have to talk about the type of pancake first, right? So First of all, first of all, you're never going to win my heart unless you're using buttermilk, okay? Because the acid... 
just really just livens up the entire thing, makes it light, makes it fluffy, mm -hmm. uh, gives a little tartness to it. I and mean, when you hit that maple syrup on it, that's kind of the balance I'm looking for. So I think, you know, the sourness of buttermilk is the best. But then achieving the right amount of leavening agent, as in uh, just a little bit of egg, but also another leavener, to where you get it a little bit crispy on the outside, but ultra fluffy in the center. And that's a balance. It's almost like you really know what you're doing when you're cooking it. Have the, the right temperature on your griddle to where they sear okay but they don't burn so it's but art you know it's a high high it's temperature hard. sear but it doesn't like cook them you know burnt. so fluffy in the middle fluffy in the middle but a little bit of a crisp on the outside crisp for on the me outside. what about um the <coughs> texture because i think probably where people go wrong is they over mix their pancakes right and they come tough. over mix what do you mean they yeah have so lumps in them? well you kind of want the lumps well if you're, you if you constantly whip your batters and your doughs what you're doing is you're 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 aligning the gluten you're they're, they're they're lining up and getting stronger that's why your doughs get mm -hmm. thick and ribbony over time when you're right. mixing so same thing happens it's wheat you start whipping it together they start lining up and it becomes a, a tougher mass so yeah same thing with like shortbreads and cornbread don't so over mix your batter like right when you put everything in the much. in the bowl for cornbread just start a few times there'll be like a little bit of egg white over here and yolk okay. good yeah like bake it it's Lumps gonna come out good. really good lumps are good, lumps are good. Good. With that, uh, Jimbo, yeah. thank you so much of the Tack House. Go check it out. Brandon Crossing, 8 till 2. Uh, every day of the week except yeah. Sunday. No, Sunday also. We're right? open 8 to 2 every day but Mondays. But Mondays. We're okay. on Mondays. It's You'll a see. great place, folks. Yeah. I just was there. Love it. Thank you. And thank, thank you. you for this wonderful spread. Yeah. I've been eating away. Well, you more than I needed oh, to. Oh, we're going to finish it. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Fine. Don't that's you fine. worry one little bit. It won't go to Sweet waste. News and Shoes Radio.